from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, coming to you from our studios, if you want to call them that, uh, at National Headquarters for the Salvation Army in Alexandria, Virginia, right across the Potomac, the mighty Potomac River from Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital. I want to thank you for tuning in again today, and we have a great podcast ahead for you. But to who makes these podcasts great? Our first, our assistant to the editorial director, Michelle Caceres. Hi, Michelle. Hey, it's been a while. It's been a little bit, but you, our faithful listeners have heard you um, uh, just interviewing all kinds of people. And we're very excited uh, about all the people that you've interviewed. And today, no exception, we have somebody else uh, that we're, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, also is our wonderful and illustrious and intelligent and, and happy-go-lucky producer, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello there. In today's podcast, we're going to be sharing Michelle's interview with a- actress Rada Mitchell, who stars as Leslie in a new film, Two Hearts. Rada was an interesting interview for you, Michelle? Yeah, she was super nice. Um, You know, I'd only seen her in a couple films, and so I was kind of excited to speak to her. And when she, you know, got on the phone call, she was just very – she was a little bit different than the rest of our interviews, whereas I feel like most people have an answer prepared and, you know, they know what they're going to say. She was more curious about, like, what – I guess what we wanted her to say, like she wasn't used to like open-ended questions. And so it kind of threw her for a loop, but in a good way. And so I think you get more of an authentic um, feel from her. You know, this interview, it's not just like question, answer, question, answer. It's like, she kind of is like, huh, I never thought about that question. And then she kind of would tell a story with it. So I feel like it's a very authentic and real interview that we got. Now we feature her and a little promo about this movie in the October 2020 issue of The War Cry. So our listeners and readers can turn there and you'll kind of get the visual and, and understand a little bit about uh, about the movie itself. But why don't you tell our listeners uh, what Two Hearts is about? Yeah, so it's actually based on a true story. These two men, um, an older gentleman and then a younger guy in like college, um, are both kind of living their lives and they both end up kind of falling in love around the same time. Um, and then all of a sudden, they both find out that they have very similar heart diseases. Now, these two men don't know each other at all. Um, and so down the road, you know, without giving too much of the movie away, these two men end up having this huge connection down the line. And you kind of just see, um, you know, and Rada does a great job at explaining this, that everyone's connected in one way or another. And this is how they're connected. And even now, both families, the young boy and the older gentleman's, their families now are so close. And that just never would have happened if circumstances weren't thrown at them. I like uh, how our, our production team is kind of always scouring, uh, 
you know, out, out on, on the web and on, in the entertainment industry of, of, of wholesome kind of movies, movies that will, that will tell, a, you know, not, not done in a sappy way, but kind of tell something true to life and that people can relate to. Uh, did in your interview with Rada, did she talk a little bit about why she took this role on in the movie? Yeah. Um, again, without wanting to give away just too much, her story of why she took on this role is a tearjerker. Um, she actually had a friend who had a very similar situation where she needed an organ transplant. And so when she read this role, she was like, "This I've already lived this part in a way, you know? And so she shares that story with our listeners. Um, and we made sure to include that in the print version as well, because it was just and the way she explains emotions and feelings and the way everyone is connected is just beautiful. So I definitely suggest everyone to listen and read to the interview so you can hear the way she describes different situations. I really like the article in uh, the October's issue of The War Cry about this particular movie. And there, there, was an, there was an interesting thing at the end of your interview or in the article that Rada had to say, would you mind sharing that with the, with our readers? Yeah. So um, normally we always kind of ask different, all of our different interviewees to say like any last comments you want our listeners or readers to know about you. And that's normally the time for them to kind of plug their social media handles and let everyone know where they can find them. But Rada was again, caught off guard by this open-ended question in the most innocent way. And she just goes, I don't know. <laughs> and so we were like, well, just anything, anything you really like want to share that's in your heart. And for the first time in an interview, we actually explained how much the Salvation, Ar Salvation Army means to her. And she said, I think the Salvation Army is sort of where it is at right now. The army is literally serving people. And if you want to find a true happiness in this world, you have to find a way to serve. We all need to bring love into the world, especially right now. I think we are all experiencing hate when we should be experiencing love. The Salvation Army is doing a great service to the world, and I am glad today that I got to share my role with them. We always like those kind of comments, especially when we don't have to like write it for somebody, but it kind of comes from their heart. So how wonderful that yeah. is. Yeah, it's very different, very, like again, authentic. I don't know a better way to explain her. She was just down to earth you know, told us great stories about her life that she didn't need to. You know, we always, we understand that actors and actresses are busy and we try not to take a lot of their time. And we're always kind of taken back in a really good way when the interviewee will allow the interview to go past 30 minutes. And she did. And she wasn't even blinking an eye at the end of it. She was like, is there anything else you guys want to know? And she was just awesome to talk to. Well, and here's Michelle's interview with actress Rada Mitchell. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and start and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I'm Radha. I'm you know, very happy to be talking to you this morning about um, Film Two Hearts, which will be getting a release at some point this year, depending on you know what's going on socially. That's awesome. And can you tell us a little bit about your role in the movie Two Hearts? Um, in this film, I play a, a woman who... Uh, Falls in love with, her name based on a real woman actually, uh, named Leslie. And she has this very sort of magical kind of fairy tale relationship with this man that she meets while she's working as a Um, Only to sort of be encumbered with his uh, sort of um, 
his illness, uh, which is something that she helped him sort of navigate. Um, and what's beautiful about the story is it sort of interconnects with another love story um, that occurs kind of later uh, between a young couple um, that also kind of suffered this sort of medical kind of drama. And what happens is this kind of interconnection between the two stories where the two lives kind of come one in a way. And um, you see how, how we're kind of all so much interconnected as people and, and it's very kind of, uh, has a very sort of sense of like serendipity and kismet and transformative in the sense that there are things that are very difficult that happen in life. But often if you step right, right, right back, you kind of see that there's a kind of a meaning to things or something magical about the way things happen that makes sense only kind of in the context of a, of a bigger vision. Yeah, and you said that the two the two males have this connection um, based off the preview. Is it because they both have the same illness? Well, uh, I'm not sure how much to talk about without giving the story away. But, um, <laughs> I'm not sure how. What have they told you about how how to talk about it? Um, oh well, well yeah. So just on the preview, it kind of looks like there's this this young oh, lady in college. Yeah, and then the yeah. um, elder man, and then they kind of have this connection, even though they've never met. Well, that's I mean, kind of what I got off the preview. I mean, I think it's okay to say, you know, it's a story, in a way, it's about an organ transplant, um, oh. which is, you know, very sort of, in, you know, very interesting medical phenomenon. Uh, and that mm. this is something that we're able to do, and, and you're able to see how this one life um, impacts is able to impact all of these other lives. And it, the story is told from the perspective of this young man who, you know, can sort of see his life from a very, from the greater perspective that you might have at the end of your life. Um, and that sort of interweaves with this other life um, and how these two kind of, their families and their whole worlds kind of interconnect. But what you see is similar, you know, there are people who fall in love, who go through these various different kinds of experiences that we do as humans. And then in the end, you see how interconnected we all are. That sounds yeah. kind of... <laughs> no, <laughs> it makes sense, though. <laughs> I mean, why the story sort of resonates uh, for me, actually, before I even signed on to this film, I, I had a friend who was waiting for a lung in Australia. And she never received that lung, but it was it was a kind of a hope and a possibility that this was something that was going to extend her life. Mm -hmm. And um, in making this story, actually, uh, the the man whose whose life it sort of is based on, he did receive a lung from this other younger man, and subsequently he he and his wife became very good friends with the family and sort of are now kind of part of each other's families in this most unusual way, but, you know, a very profound connection because obviously, you know, there's a piece of this other person inside of him. So that mm -hmm. that's all just, like, super interesting and it was sort of close to me because I, you know, a close friend of mine had waited and wasn't able to receive the lung that she was waiting for and passed whilst waiting. But there was a promise and a possibility that, you know, this could have been something that could have extended her life. Um, right. So I, I think it's just interesting to, to think about, you know, what we can do with our, <laughs> with our body, 
when we're not here, I guess. Um, right. And more to the point that it's sort of like one organism. Like we all, we're all humans and we're all kind of, um, we interconnect um, in, in, in any case, you know, whether, whether through something like this or just, just by the fact that we're all on the planet together and, you know, we are kind of connected in that way. So that yeah, was for beautiful. Sure. But what I like, it was just it, very intense. And, and the first time we saw the screening of this movie, the first time I saw it was in the hospital, um, the Mao Clinic, where Leslie, um, actually the woman who I played, and her husband um, had sort of organized this film, actually, because they wanted to promote organ transplant for people who needed it and to sort of bring it into the zeitgeist. But they'd also built um, a place where people can stay while they're waiting for family members who are, you know, in hospital, somewhere to kind of be. Um, So we did the screening sort of around this space. But there were people who were, you know, the father of the boy who, you know, who who died was there and his family and then Leslie and, and her husband. And I was just so intense <laughs> and all of the doctors and you could just see the, the resonance of what this boy, you know, he passed that in, in his legacy was that this had happened and then this, you know, institution had been built, you know, around him and this could never have happened if the man didn't receive the organ that he did in order to extend his life, in order to do these things. So I think there's there's a lot of meaning to our lives that we don't even recognize at times when we're living them. And I think this movie kind of just shines a little light there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, people always say that too, like, as they get older and they're like, oh, I didn't even realize how important that one moment was in my life, you know, and you tend to not realize that in the moment but you realize it yeah, later on you don't realize it you don't really realize it when you're in it and I mean it's an interesting right. time that we're in now because it's so contemplative and everybody's kind of in a bit of a pause like hey what am I doing with my life and what's important yeah what do I want to keep and what do I want to get rid of um <laughs> and in a way it's also very cynical times like nobody kind of really believes the press and you know everybody's a little bit Nobody believes anything. Um, and I think this movie um, just sort of brings us back to, you know, what's good, what's the goodness of humanity and what's good about people and how we can help each other and, um, you know, what's some of the real mean, what's really meaningful. And I think mm-hmm. that's good because I, I don't feel like there's a lot of cinema or, you know, even television that that's affirming, affirming things. Most of it's cynical and questioning things, and I think this movie just makes you feel kind of <laughs> a little more settled about things and a little bit more clear about, you know, our humanity collectively. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, based off this role, um, you know, you kind of already talked about your friend, which I'm so sorry to hear about, and just kind of like where yeah. you are in your life as well. But was there anything else that really drew you to this role? Well, you know, I loved, because I was playing a, a woman, you know, it was a real story, and I just loved her fairy tale life. Um, she fell in love with this super wealthy man who was just genuinely a, a good heart. Um, and she was a beautiful character. She is an amazing woman that she kind of, basically kept this man alive um, just with her emotional strength and her kind of fortitude. 
Um, so just to play to play in a kind of like a fairy tale story was was just fun. Um, and to play love is really fun because it kind of leaves something in you. You know, you do. There's different. I mean, play so many different kinds of characters, and often these characters are in like total, you know, distress or you know, terrible things are happening to them. <laughs> But this character like, was falling in love, and there's a kind of a joy to that, and that that stays with you even as an actress um, when you're playing these kinds of roles. Yeah, definitely. And to switch gears a little bit, um, can you tell our listeners how you started your career as an actress? Um, I started my career uh, when I was younger. I did a TV show in Australia that sort of just gave me a sense of of the whole pantomime of things and allowed me to see what it was to be an actress because it had a bit of a fantasy about it since I was a little kid. Um, and it's, I sort of did this TV show and then finished high school and, and started university, but because I'd had the experience of it, I kind of knew that it was something I wanted to do. So then I had an agent, actually, just from doing the little show. And... After school, I started to pursue, you know, acting opportunities. So while I was at university, I was doing different television shows and stuff in Australia. And then somehow, just through luck, I guess, um, <laughs> a friend of mine was directing a movie um, that her dad was going to pay for, a very, like, low-budget film was paid for mm -hmm. by somebody's father. And, you know, I was living in a share house and all the people in my house ended up in the movie and it was like all set around Melbourne University. And so that movie ended up going to the Cannes Film Festival and being sold to Fox Searchlight for a million dollars. So oh, wow. then a couple of us, yeah, a few of us in the film were invited over and that's how I found the manager and kind of got some sort of put into to Hollywood. Um I think it was actually Anthony LaPaglia who introduced me to the manager <laughs> at the festival. Um, so oh, it was a bit amazing. like that. And then, of course, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all very, I think when you kind of get on a path that excites you, doors open. Um, right. But still, even so, I kind, of, I kind of arrived here without much, you know, without any idea of what was going to happen other than I had this idea that I wanted to pursue acting. Um and it took about six months, and then I got a job, finally. Um, and that seemed like an eternity at the time, but um, when I think about it, <laughs> it was pretty quick. Uh, so that's sort of how it was then. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as I, you said I, earlier. I tried to keep it. Well, I've tried to keep keep a sort of relationship with Australia as well, so sometimes working on films there, and I really like to do that because, it, you know, the Australian... Uh, cinema is culturally funded, so they have a lot of movies that sort of operate in the art house kind of sphere, some quite poetic, quite experimental things that might not easily get made in the system here. So mm -hmm. it's nice to kind of dance between a bit. Yeah, and as you said earlier too, you know, that was probably a very pivotal moment in your life and you didn't know it at the time and now yeah. looking back, it started everything. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It was one of those moments where I when I knew it. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you just don't know it. Sometimes you don't know it, and it's like this seminal thing that's happening to you. Um, and often it's like, actually, it's the thing that you think is the really terrible thing that's happening. And then later on, in right. retrospect, you're like, thank God that happened. 
you know. <laughs> um, and there are moments when you don't know, but there are some moments when you know, and those are the moments when you're like super excited and, you know, you're fully invested. Um, those are the moments. And, and those moments you can be very vulnerable too. Like even my first job, I didn't, I, I thought I had it here. And then I found out I didn't have it and I had to go to New York from LA in an audition. And I remember talking to the director. I mean, I was quite young, but I was like crying on the phone because I was so disappointed because I thought I'd blocked it down and I hadn't. But, I mean, that sort of vulnerability, there's something kind of authentic about it. Um, and and it is, it, it's like that when you're pursuing something you want, I guess. You know, you're all out there. Um, and it's great to be like that too because you're open. You're open to life as well. Yeah, for sure. And do you think that, like, your faith or your beliefs kind of draw you to the type of role that you take? I think, um, you know, I think you, you're most alive when you have uh, a faith. And I think the faith is not so much in um, anything other than just, I mean, it can be however you want to experience it, but... Uh, what's obvious about it is if you're just trusting life as it's happening, you know, you're not, you're not against life and you're mm-hmm. celebrating what is happening as opposed to, you know, hoping that it was something else. It, when you're living like that, you're kind of in this very exciting place because you never know what's going to happen. And that's always exciting. Um, and if you're not trying to be the person controlling it all, um, then you're kind of in a flow and it's, and you feel magic. Um, and of course, at times, you know, you know, like I said, you also feel pain like that because you're not protecting yourself. But right. to me, that's when you feel most, most alive. And that could be, you know, you could maybe some people experience that through religion, but it's basically just letting go of control uh, and mm-hmm. and celebrating what is. So yeah, in in characters, well, especially in this movie, I, I really just liked that there was. You know, there was that sort of the spirit to it. It was acknowledging the magic of things, even in the tragedy of things that we don't always know, that the things that appear like things that we perceive as painful and difficult are often the things that, you know, that we grow from or the things where the magic, the seed to the magic, we don't always know. Um, And we shouldn't imagine that we do. So I think this movie kind of speaks to that. Um, And in general, some of the movies I've done have been very dark and um, had a sort of emotional intensity and I think that too is you know, part of the human psyche that I don't think we should dwell in that we shouldn't ignore so that's mm-hmm. interesting as well to me um, but certainly primarily movies that are moving forward some conversation um, I even made a movie about uh, the shack, which was sort of about God and, and the man's conversation with God, but with a different kind of perspective on Christian theology. And that was interesting to me as well, because I feel like the general public is so kind of afraid to be direct about a religious topic. Um, so mm-hmm. it was great to sort of be in that world and, you know, talk in that in that language. Um and then there's another movie I made, which was quite beautiful about um, it's an Australian movie with Joel Edgerton where we went to India and we told a story about adoption of this couple that were trying to adopt a baby and the process they went through and the process my character goes through in not getting what she wants and kind of 
failure, I guess, the failure. And I think that's still, um, she in that story has to kind of surrender as well. I think stories about surrender, or, you know, just a take on how, how we live and how we, how we are aware of how we live always offers some kind of, offers something to the audience. Yeah, there's a few movies yeah. I've done that people have, have come to me later and have said, oh, I really love that movie. It really helped me reframe my own experience or look at my life differently. Um, and that always, you know, makes the thing feel like it means something at the end, <laughs> that you're able to really communicate with people on a deep level. That's really Yeah, gratifying. definitely. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we do here. You know, that's why we want to share your story. We want to share about the movie Two Hearts. Um, you know, we are a faith-based publication, yeah. and so we want to get that message uh-huh. out there. And, you know, you're yeah. helping us do that, so that's wonderful. Oh, great, great. I mean, I think that, yeah, we all know that right now it is cynical times. Um, and I'm personally not all about pushing one faith or one religion, but I certainly think religion has a lot to offer people um, in terms of giving them you know, just a reflection of good values to live with because it gets so confusing. And um, just an affirmation that we're not in control and we shouldn't try to be, you know. We don't know. Yeah, definitely. Let's trust trust that it's all happening for evolution or for the good, the good of things. Yeah. Um, Is there any advice that you would give to some of our listeners who might want to pursue a career in acting? advice yeah I mean I think anybody who wants to do anything should try to do it (laughs) you know (laughs) and if it's acting that you want to do um great I think the future of kind of entertainment is changing um and certainly if I was young and beginning a career I'd be focusing on making my own content because it's so kind of accessible now you know it's it's sort of more the story than the medium um, to prepare so if you've got a kind of interesting take on things or like a cool style and the way you want to tell a story. Um, I think you can even, like even recently I made a movie on a, on my cell phone. We made like a lockdown movie with a couple of actors. The director was in her apartment and we were all filming ourselves in our houses. So it's all very possible. It's not so much about, you know, the medium, but about the story. So if you've got something interesting to say, I think as an actor, um, it's important to kind of develop stories as well as, you know, be the puppet for other people's stories. Um, puppets, not the great word, the conduit for other people's stories. Um, and also, I think it's going to be very interesting, um, you know, what's going on in the world of, of video games and, you know, it's going to be a whole immersive kind of reality. So to learn about, you know, how, I don't know what the actor's name is, but the guy that played Gollum or somebody in Lord of the Rings, so that you oh, can yeah. be, um, so that you could become kind of like an avatar, maybe for another kind of character. I think that was, I mean, I personally would love to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of that sort of work in the future. So thinking like that, and I think you know, I mean, what's beautiful about being an actor is that you are you're telling like a collective story about what it is to be human. And so always just to be, when you're in in performing, just to be totally open and to not try and control your performance, but to let the thing come into you. I mean, that's kind of why people act, I guess, because you, you let go and you don't always know what's going to happen. 
um, and it's it's really kind of a magical experience. So don't con- try to control your performance. Allow it to come through you. Wow. Yeah, that was some very specific advice, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, most people just say, you know, do it or go for it, and that's about it. <laughs> so that was some really intricate advice, and especially about the um, how you said the avatar and video game world. You know, you're in the industry, so you would know better than anyone else, and it, uh, you're you're completely right. Like that's exactly where it's going. So. Very I think that's where it's going. I think a lot of what we've been used to seeing is sort of going to become less and less relevant, and it's, mm-hmm. I think that's the space where it's going to evolve. Other than that, right. like things that are home, things that are homegrown and a little bit punk and like grassroots, I think that will be really cool too. And that requires you to be, you know, more than a mouthpiece. I think you have to be a bit intelligent about being an actor and the stories you want to tell and what you actually want to put out there. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was that was amazing. I might go into acting after this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you can. <laughs> well, yeah. is there anything else that you want our listeners and readers to know about you, and where to find you on social media? Well, I mean, I think the Salvation Army is sort of where it's at, right? <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. serving people, <laughs> serving yeah. the people. I mean, if, if you want to be happy find a way to serve somebody, you know, and, and bring love into the world. Um, and I think, you know, that's obvious. But also in these times, you know, learn to sit with, for me, you know, recently it's been sitting with what is, um, as in, you know, meditation basically and just sitting with my own experience. Um, and I think we're all being forced into that right now, whether we like it or not. Um, so it's really interesting times. Um yeah, so I think anyone, you know, anything that the Salvation Army is doing is, like, a great service to the world, and I'm so glad that we're speaking and that I can sort of contribute in some way to that. Um, and and if my last message is anything, I think, yeah, let's just sit with what is without judging it and, and see what comes out of this moment. That was Rada Mitchell. To read Michelle's full interview with Rada, check out thewarcry.org. Also be sure to check out the movie Two Hearts, premiering sometime this fall. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow The Warcry and Peer Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.